For this episode of Heads Up, I'm delighted to be joined by the head of Scent, Augustine's Priory, Sarah Raffery. So I've had the pleasure of speaking with Sarah when I was head at St Martha's and we were both members of the Girls' School Association. But what we also shared and which we still share now with me here at St Edwards is that we're both members of CISC, the Catholic Independent Schools Conference. And at a recent CISC conference, the, the theme was journey. And I suppose if we think about the last year, um, what a journey we've all been on. So Sarah, welcome to Heads Up and thank you for, for giving of your time. But I suppose carrying on that theme of journey, kind of the entire world has had to get to grips with, with many issues this past year. And you and I are in the fortunate position of leading two outstanding schools who have at their core a set of values that unites us um, with, with many other schools actually around the world. And I believe that we should all use the time we've got at the moment to, to learn what we think is truly relevant to the lives of the students and the survival of, of our planet. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about rebuilding better. And my understanding of this is, is to kind of rebuild education, to create kind of change makers who are ready for the global challenges. But after the year that we've all had, how do you think and what do you think schools should be doing to build back better? I think the first thing to say is I really like the phrase build back better. <laughs> if I could actually say it, build back <laughs> better. I think it came out of the Joe Biden um, campaign, didn't it? It did. You know, there is a real sense for me is, is we're not just coming out of a pandemic. We're coming out of a historic moment. We've had Brexit. We've had some quite difficult, divisive um, political moments which framed the pandemic as well so you know we've had in untold human suffering in this time because of the pandemic but we before that had quite um, a, a binary and painful political culture so I think the idea of building back better is really positive and I one of the things that worries me in the narrative at the moment is we have a really impoverished vocabulary so when people talk about the recovery curriculum or catch-up it's just dire because it makes it sound like we're all people who who have been ill well lots of people have been ill but actually mostly we're all feeling quite energized, I think, in the middle of it all, because many things are already better. So I think the, the some of the changes in the political climates globally going on, I think the enormous achievements of schools in this period give us a real impetus for something tremendously positive, which isn't posited on a negative vocabulary. So that's, that's kind of, I'm really interested in language. I think that's really important. And one of the big things we did, and partly we were able to do it because of the moment, um, as school leaders, we, we managed to get past what would have taken about four years of professional development, literally over the Easter holidays. So, you know, this time last year, one of my governors told me I had apparently said I'd wished we'd invested a bit more in Google Classroom. And then she reminded me that we'd actually just done it over the Easter holidays. <laughs> so by the time we got back, <laughs> we had we did we had a, a few platforms which we'd chosen deliberately and actually it was interesting that we took lots of advice from industry specialists they were all saying things like you must only have one platform and all these very serious pieces of advice actually i think what we did with immense agility 
was provide what was best for our students wherever they were in the school. So that's the other thing to remember. We didn't just jump on board the digital revolution. We really nuanced it. So we got, we pushed through massive change really fast. We're not gonna, we won't get away with that again, but actually as long as we can keep hold of that spirit of innovation and bravery, because I think too often in schools, we manage change super cautiously because we're afraid of upsetting people. And of course, we must never deliberately set out to upset people. But I think if we can take hold of that idea that people did more than they ever dreamed possible. And then the things that went with that, the sustainability agenda is really exciting, isn't it? Mm. You know, we printed less very simply, didn't we? We <laughs> Uh, because I know that the irony of the sustainability agenda is lots of people say, well, it costs lots of money in Mrs. Raffrey and we can't afford all the fancy new um, environmentally friendly things that you'd really like. So you have to push that down the list of things on the budget. But actually, we completely changed the way we did things. I think that's really exciting. And today there's lots of announcements about new degrees on climate change. So I think the other thing that we'll, we will build back better is what Alison Peacock calls an irresistible curriculum. And ever since I heard her use that word, we, were you at conference when you heard, when, when she yes. spoke about that? Yeah. Just a remarkable expression, isn't it? It makes it sound like the most delicious bit of chocolate that you just can't, <laughs> you'd be forgiven for not taking. Yeah. And that to me is really, really exciting because we have all also, I think in schools, been drowning in this very knowledge-based curriculum, which has felt heavy and ponderous and inappropriate and belonging to a different industrial revolution. So what I, what I think, there's a real moment if we are brave as school leaders to change not just the curriculum, but the assessment process. Because we were told as school leaders with no guidance whatsoever, to strip out the curriculum ready for the exams. And we still haven't been told what we're meant to be doing, but we've, we've been given a moment to do it and we are doing it. So that's really exciting. So that's kind of building, raising the status of learning and teaching, isn't it? And raising the status of us as experts, I think that's really exciting. I think also there's something I feel very powerfully about. It's connected with the digital transformation is, we want the students to be ready for the fourth industrial revolution and and you know we had that brilliant landing on mars a few weeks ago and the artificial intelligence that went with that this week the big news is why do we set in maths because all the research is showing we just don't need to do that so i think there's a quiet revolution already happening that should enable us to equip students with coding and mathematics and creativity that actually gets rid of that nasty distinction between academic and vocational subjects. I would love us to get rid of that unpleasant hierarchy because it, it is, isn't it? It kind of... It is. I mean, what's, what, what's really interesting is uh, I, I did another episode with Chris Wheeler at, at Moncton and, and we talked about independent schools as bastions and, yeah. uh, of innovation. And it's really important that, that we are and we have the opportunity to do that. But also, I was very fortunate to, to record an episode with Deborah Eyre. We went down the, the route of, a, of high performance learning as a school this year. And of course, 
what one of the rationales that underpins that is not having setting, um, having performance groups rather than, you know, ability sets. Yeah. Um, and interestingly, I was I was worried about how that was going to be perceived here, but the staff and the parents love it, um, and it's it's gone down really well, and it, it does feed into what I know schools like yours and and mine are about, you know, the individual and not writing them off and not feeling like because of how you performed in a particular test at a particular point, you're you're kind of written off or doomed to for failure in that subject for the rest of rest of your time. It's it's refreshing to hear these things coming up with different people, even with different conversations and, and different focuses on them. It's, it's um, I, I don't know, I, th- I think from an education point of view, and what you've talked about there in terms of building better is, is, is phenomenal, is fantastic. And I, I don't think anyone would disagree with anything you said. I, I also think, and I know you believe this as well, that what we need to be doing in our schools is is making ourselves and our students resilient, not just to situations such as the, the, the pandemic, but also as you touched on kind of climate change, you know, to help prevent things or, or to, to, to feel like they can do something in the future. Um, because I think, I, I hope that what the past year has taught us is that learning should foster kind of those, those global connect, that global connectedness, even leading us possibly being a bit risky to say this, questioning some of the fundamental assumptions that we have about ourselves and and our lives but also I think we need to strengthen that approach that that promotes the well-being of people and our planet and that stretches in terms of what you talked about there with sustainability and also the idea of climate change being leaders in the schools that we are I, I kind of feel that we're kind of blessed and privileged to to have maybe more opportunities to reflect and, and model discernment, you know, something we would encourage all our students to, to do. And as leaders, we should role model that. But the question of renewal is, is perhaps linked to with some of your thoughts on, on building back better. Uh, but fundamentally, what schools like ours want is, is to provide, I hope, students with the best education so that they can seize opportunities for success in whatever path they choose to follow when they leave us. But I think it's also about communities coming together uh, and, and creating positive learning environments with opportunities, not just for the students, but for the staff, the parents, the, the extended wider community to learn, to grow and, and to share. And I suppose my question, if I can phrase a question from all of that, is, <laughs> is, is what do we mean by renewal from a, an educational point of view? And, and maybe more specifically from a Catholic Christian point of view. Well, I think it's lovely. The kind of knitted into what you just talked about was was that whole language. I think of the Catholic, you know, Christian tradition. And for me, when I think about the word renewal, I, I'm hearing echoes of the prayer to the Holy Spirit and this idea you will renew the face of the earth. And I talk a lot to our students about that because that is a mighty ambition. <laughs> you know, it's not just the bar high. Improve <laughs> my workspace. No, I'm going to renew the face of the earth. And actually, again, that's back to that it's global, but it's also intergalactic because, yeah. because we have just put this amazing probe out on Mars. So I think there's this immense agenda, I think, for 
get, making sure our students are agents of change and that they know how to, that we equip them for that. And, and I talk a lot about, I want them to be hungry for justice. I want them to be really angry about sustained injustice. And I think there's a real moment, isn't there, that began with Black Lives Matters that's moved into the conversations about violence against women. And, you know, it's the week of the census. And I think last year, one of the most highly ticked boxes was people were writing that they were Jedis. <laughs> that was really interesting. There's been big pressure to say, you know, how do you define yourself? I think there are lots of spaces at the moment where people are moving in to occupy meaning. So people are beginning to say, who am I? What do I believe in? And if I have a sense of the transcendent, what is that? And how, how do I make sense of that? Um, we're founder members of something called the Faith and Belief Forum. It began as a Catholic school, that's us, and a Jewish girls' school and a Muslim school. But it's expanded. It's much more inclusive now, which is excellent. It includes humanists as well. And they have um, an acronym that we have adopted as a school that I think is an example of how we renew the face of the earth. Um, if I can just talk to you a little bit about it, mm. it's an acronym RADIO. So all year we've talked about respect, active listening, dialogue, not debate. It's really important. I'm not trying to persuade you I'm right. I'm trying to learn. I, where am I in it? I don't speak for all white Catholic women. Oops, I, I'm bound to get things wrong when I say something. I rely on you to gently point it out and I will learn. And ouches, in that moment, I'm hurt by that. So that we are finding that absolutely amazing as a way of enabling conversations because they say you change a culture, a conversation at a time. So actually, I think in schools, one of the things we are doing, and it's within a national context, is we're telling stories and we're having conversations and we're listening to people in a way we have never done before. And that's absolutely extraordinary. And I think as a school leader as well, we need to listen to the members of staff in our schools because they've changed as well and they want to contribute differently and parents want to contribute. So there's a real moment to harness the most beautiful energy I think people are really tired, but they're also yearning for some space which they can fill that's creative and thoughtful and generous. I don't know about you, but I have been overwhelmed by the kindness in our community. And I think I don't that's not because we're a Catholic school. You know, we're a hugely diverse school, but I do think we have a language and we've never been afraid to say to the people in our community, we love you. So we talk about love, and that's really powerful, isn't it? Um, it absolutely is. I mean, I think I, I'd echo that from the, the feelings I've had. So I, I'm, I'm, all, I'm almost on a year here, yeah. so a few weeks away from a year. But that word kindness is really important, actually. It, it can be underestimated, and it means a lot more than things like nice, you know, being uh, nice, being kind. It's not waffly and... No. And, and soft and cuddly. No. And I think exactly as you said, the way that we've responded, the way that we've communicated and kept communicating has given our parents, our staff and our students an increased sense of, of belonging in our community. And that's fantastic. And you know, I couldn't have planned for a worldwide pandemic to, to do that. But actually, you know what? You know, we, I, I talked in another podcast with Sean Fenton about silver linings and actually yeah there are lots of silver linings that we'll take out of this. 
one of the other things I've been thinking about a lot is, I mean, I'm always talking about our founding story. Most schools have a founding story and that's where we are at our most authentic. And that's also therefore where we're at our most powerful. So there's a lot of renewal in going back to finding out who we are. And in our case, it was extraordinary nuns who weren't allowed to um, practice their religion in England, so they went to France. So we've been educating girls since 1634. Um, and then they came back to London because they weren't, because of the laicization laws there. We've got pictures of nuns in big Sound of Music outfits astride <laughs> the foundations of this school, which they built in the middle of the First World War. And of course, and then they, but then they planted trees for an orchard where the trees are still growing. And we talk about those trees were planted as the Spanish flu was rampaging around the world. So there is nothing new in the world. And actually, I think we, if we get hold of those stories, our school motto is Veritas. We talk about Veritas conversations, which means <laughs> a difficult conversation. <laughs> Actually, if it's done in love and it's it's truthful. Yeah. The other thing I've I've learned is what people really value is when you are brave and tell them the truth, and when you do it face to face, and you don't cover it in jargon, and you don't hide behind an email. And I think, it, interestingly, even across Zoom, I've had some of the most amazing and profound conversations with people. That I think we need to carry on because. Across Zoom, some people have been able to ask questions I think they didn't dare ask if they were in person. So that's really energising as well. You're absolutely right. It's, it's, it's one of those scenarios where, and we've probably, you know, school leaders across the country are thinking this. You know, we'll have had students and staff who have been positively enthused with the use of technology and almost a little nervous and reticent about coming back. And it's... It's, it's using or thinking of opportunities where we can continue that or recognise the bravery that they showed in terms of putting themselves forward or, or making that observation or whatever it may be on, on a Teams call or, or a Google or a classroom meet and say, well, look, if you did it there, you can do it. You can do it here. And actually part of it is it kind of circles to back, back to where we began is especially in Catholic education because People, there's a, there's a world of potential misunderstandings of what we're about. You know, some people would like us to be closed because they think that we're brainwashing and some people had a bad experience in Catholic education and, and so on. Actually, this moment has enabled people to ask me more profound questions about what it is we think we're doing in the 21st century in Catholic education than I've ever had before. And that, that also shows to me that people are looking for something and, and you don't have to be Catholic to be part of it. You, and you never have, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know? well, We've got some I, of yeah. our families who arrived from India who were educated as Hindus in convent schools just say they, they feel at home when they arrive here. And that's just extraordinary and beautiful. I think you're right. I think there genuinely is that misconception or misunderstanding of what a Catholic school is, um, yeah. particularly... You know, I'd argue that some of our schools and probably yours and mine, amongst many others, are far more inclusive and far more diverse than, than many secular schools. But we, that, that never gets noticed or, or until you come in and you, and you see it. And I say to prospective parents here, you know, when, when you come and have a look, you, you know what we are. We're a Catholic school. We do what we say on the tin. But we're, we're 20, 25 percent Catholic here at, at St. Edward's. 
So I, I can joke and say that I'm I'm a minority in my own school, but because only I can get away with saying that. But it doesn't mean that we change who we are, dilute what we are. But what that also should tell people is that clearly what we're offering and what we deliver on appeals to beyond Catholics and even beyond to just Christ Christians. Because we both will have students in our schools from all of six major world religions, those who have no faith. And they, they feel comfortable with us. They, they know what they are. They can be themselves. And I think that's something really, really important. I think there also is... This week it's Down Syndrome Awareness Week and we um, a few years ago we um, employed um, a woman with Down Syndrome and her parents wrote to me this week highlighting it was this, this Down Syndrome Awareness Week. Mm. They're promoting something, I don't know if you've seen it, called the hiring chain because the idea is that so often people with Down Syndrome in particular but other disabilities, they're invisible, they're not employed. So as soon as somebody is employed, other people think, well, of course that's possible. And I, I know that's come out of our Catholic tradition, that that sense of really working hard at inclusion. So we have not nailed it by any means. No. <laughs> There's a world of work to be done. But actually, that was very, very exciting to say, actually, in a world where people don't understand what it is to be Catholic, that actually suddenly you could find the things that are heart and soul what we're about are beginning to be understood by the world as a thing of great beauty and importance. Because I think that that is the next bit, isn't it? This, in terms of renewal, what it is we mean by diversity and inclusion and equity. And again, that's back to changing the face of the earth, isn't it? It's, it's, all, it's all intertwined. It is, but I think, I think you're right. We, we shoot high, we aim high. Yeah. And it's right to be ambitious with those expectations, because <laughs> even if we fall short, a little short, yeah. we'll still have achieved far more than if we just set ourselves mediocre goals or, I know. or, or I know. things that we'd be comfortable doing. I've been, I don't know if you've come across John O'Donoghue. Have you, have you come? I have, yes. Yeah. I um, recently listened to one of his podcasts before he died on... Um, on being because <laughs> saint augustine you see one of his great quotations is would you if you do you want to be great then start by being and it's so powerful because yeah. it's that human being not doing bit that i think is another thing that catholic schools are really good at and i think there's a moment people are recognizing is it's not what what have you done today but who have you been today um it's really beautiful and he talked about this really resonated with me with this idea of the courage to keep going with the renewal because we are tired aren't we i mean i think it, it, i think although there's an excitement i think we are we are weary <laughs> um he talks about we don't know what will land on the shoreline of the morning and that's the most beautiful thing i've beautiful way of expressing the surprises and the shocks of this time because literally every day at the moment it feels like we have quite a big shock something big happens doesn't it all the time and yet I've also learned that something beautiful happens every day and I've got significantly better at meeting that it's true isn't it yes it is absolutely and, and giving equal weight to the beautiful thing as to the awful thing and, and actually, that's one thing I think is really important for us for the future and this idea of renewal is, is, is saying what he talks about. We're always actively involved in receiving and shaping. 
that's amazing. That's back to agency. It's back to empowering, isn't it, for all of us? What do I receive? What do I go off and do as a result of it? Really beautiful. Listen, Sarah, I just want to thank you so much for, for taking the time to contribute to, to this episode. Um, I always enjoy our, our chats, but, but listening to your thoughts on how we can come back, come back stronger, how, you know, from the recent changes, challenges, but also that message that you've, you've kind of intertwined throughout the whole is, is an uplifting one. Yeah, your thoughts are, are a positive one, not just for both our schools, but, but for all schools, all students, all, all teachers and parents across, across our great country. And I'd love to take this opportunity just to wish you and all at St. Augustine's Priory good luck for the rest of, of this year and beyond. Please do take care. Please do stay safe. And thank you once again for, for being with us today. Oh, it's been really lovely. Thank you for having me.